Today marks the anniversary of the death of my brother, Antonio Small. Um, This is a topic that I've shied away from since it happened because it was an issue in my life that I was unwilling to confront. I was unwilling to be vulnerable for this moment because death is not something that I've ever wanted to discuss. Death is not something I've ever wanted to face. Death is not something that was welcomed by me. My mindset about death and pretty much life was, if life is not taking them from me, death is taking them from me. And then I have to create this facet in my mind about where they are you know, where I am in the moment, just to cope. So my coping mechanism for my brother was, he's all right, he's home, I'm just away in college, and I'll see him when I come home. Because that was our norm when I went to college, seeing him when I got back. A lot of people don't know um, is that my brother and I, we had a lot in common. While we didn't grow up in the same house, when we were together we was always I remember so many different times when we would get fussed at because we wanted to play the Super Nintendo or the PlayStation to play Tomb Raider all day and Bridget would be in the room Ma, they won't let me play nobody won't teach me how to play nobody won't play with me you know just all so many funny hilarious moments that I get to remember or when we would be outside We'll go. We'll get barefoot, no socks, no shoes, in the trailer park where my mom lived, and we would just race all day. I mean, just running. And one of the things that a feature that we have alike is we both had what we like to call big foreheads. <laughs> and so, when we would run, we would run in the same stance with our head cocked to the sky and our arms swinging by our sides just running and running until we would fall somewhere in the dirt and just laugh because that was my baby brother and I loved him I really really genuinely loved my brother and one of the things I think that I tied to my brother is that I've always dealt with issues when it came to men But my brother was solid for his sister. He never mishandled me. He never spoke ill of me. And the craziest thing about it was he was my little brother, but he always found moments in time to encourage me. Specifically, I remember coming home from college one day and I was coming from somewhere and I saw him on the side of the road going walking from a friend's house and I drove past and I was like that's my brother so I turned around and I said hey boy and he hugged me real tight and I said man look at you he was like man look at you and honestly I think that was one of the last times that I got to see him And so I hold on to that moment because it's much easier to hold on to a moment where I felt so much love penetrating through that tight hug 
than it is to go to the day of his funeral where I had to see him lying in a casket. There was a time when um, he had this thing where he wanted to rap. Basically, from when we were little up until, you know, just hearing stories about his him as an adult before he transitioned, he wanted to rap. So my, my biological father, um, our dad, um, he had this studio thing, studio light thing in his closet, in his mobile home. And we were there one day and um, he was in there playing with some tracks. And so Tony went in there and he rapped and we was like, yo, this is kind of hot. <laughs> and so my dad said, you and Bridget come in here and sing on the track. We're going to put y'all on the track. We want y'all to sing. And I remember me and Bridget kept messing up. Tony was getting irritated. He was like, man, stop playing, man. Y'all need to sing for real. And so finally, you know, we listened to it. And then anytime they would play it at like a cookout or something, we were all, me and Bridget were kind of embarrassed, but Tony was just hype. He was like, yeah, there's me and my sisters. He always made it a point to include his sisters. He never made it seem like I wasn't a part of his life because I didn't grow up with him. He always included me. He never made me feel like I was the lesser of the two because I didn't grow up with him. My sister and him, they had a beautiful relationship. But him and I, we had a beautiful relationship as well. And I am grateful for all the beautiful memories that I get to share and cherish with him. So fast forward to the day I got the call. It was in the wee hours of the morning. and I don't know how I woke up in the middle of the night, but I did. And I saw that I had a lot of missed calls. But rather than me picking up my phone to call back to my grandma, I logged on to Facebook. And I was just strolling on Facebook. And I kept seeing R.I.P. Tony. Or I can't believe they, they shot him in his head I can't believe and I'm reading all of this stuff and I'm just like what is this and I'm like people just do too much on social media so I logged on Facebook Jamel's phone was ringing he didn't tell me who the call was from probably because when I was like my grandma done called me a thousand times I'll talk to her later I said that out loud to him so I guess when he saw that my grandmother was calling he kind of got up to walk out because he knew it had to have been something major because I just said that she was blowing my phone up and I was just like I'll deal with that tomorrow we'll talk tomorrow he came back and he stood in the door frame and he had a genuine look of concern and I looked up at him and I said my brother's dead isn't he and he said yes babe and in that moment Literally, I felt like my world just fell apart. I was like, how in the world? What happened? Did she tell you? He said, no, but we need to go now. And the entire ride back home to Holly Hill was the longest ride. And I remember just vomiting and just praying and just asking, like, God, don't let this be true. Like, what is happening? Why is this happening? And I was so angry at everybody I was I remember just not wanting to talk I sat there and I didn't say anything 
I saw my sister. She was really, really emotional. She was going through so bad. Keep in mind, they grew up together. So they saw each other a lot. And they had so many different interactions. So she was broken. And I remember just looking at her sitting on my grandmother's chair. And I was just like, I wish there was something I could do. And I think around that time, my sister and I, we weren't speaking. We were upset with each other. And I remember... I tried to go hug her and she kind of swatted me away and she was like, no. And my grandmother said, Bridget and Brittany, whatever y'all got going on between the two of you, your brother is dead. And so now y'all have to be there for each other now more than ever. And I remember my sister and I just hugging each other and we broke down into tears because she was right. She was absolutely right. All we had in that moment was each other, and we had to focus past our hurt to be strong for Darla because that was her only son. She didn't have another son. So the day of the funeral, um, I remember everybody just having someone walk with them to the casket, and I sat there... Because the morning of, I had wrestled with going to the funeral at all. And I remember my grandmother saying, no, you gotta go. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to go. Funerals make me nervous. They make me sick. And I just, I physically just didn't think I could do it. And she said, well, no, we all are here. We got you. We're going to go. When it was time to view the body, you know, I remember everybody just having someone walk up there with them. And then when it was my time to go, I had to do it alone. And I was so mad. I was so mad because I couldn't understand, like, why nobody want to walk with me up here? Like, why does everybody seem to think that I'm not hurting too? Misguided hurt. Misguided anger. And to some, it may seem like I was being selfish, but to others, if they really hear the true intent of what I'm saying, they'd understand that it wasn't that I was being selfish. It was just a situation, a moment in time, a hard place that I just didn't want to do alone. So I made my way up to the casket and uh, I looked back. And I saw Jamel, he was coming. And when he got up there to me, he said, you're not doing this alone, I'm here. And I looked at him and I'm like, man, thank you so much. And I turned to look at the casket. And I guess from people just leaning over Tony crying, when I looked in at the casket, there was a teardrop falling from his eye. And I looked into the casket and I said, Tony, I'm just so sorry. I'm sorry that as your big sister, I wasn't always present. I'm sorry that I used school as an excuse to just be in and out of season in your life. When all you did was protect me as your sister and held me up. I apologize for things that I was responsible for, for us fighting as little kids, for me picking at his forehead, 
from me making him get a beating one night in the shower when we used to say banana, banana. I remember the thing with Bobana, me, my, mo, and I made him say a bad word. And he got beaten that night. <laughs> and it was my fault. I was the mastermind behind that. So I was up there just apologizing for everything that my mind could remember. To tell him I love him, and I believe to this day he knows that I love him. He knows that no matter what, if I was there, I would have took a bullet for my brother because he always had me. He always had me. And as years went by, I did work through my misguided hurt, me being angry with everybody because I felt like nobody understood, nobody wanted to, you know, accept that maybe I'm hurt and I don't know how to explain it. But today, seven years later, I find so much peace in knowing that he loved his sister and his sister loved him. hurt that I had built up and sheltered and hid in my heart because of fear of confronting the fact that my own self-affliction was that I wasn't a good sister, that I was gone more than I was present, thus making me feel like I took for granted our relationship. Today is the first day that I think I sat in so many different instances of silence and said, you know what? It was the best you could do with what you knew. And he knows that. He knows that. And so I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to know who he was when he was here. And to so many, he was King Spider. But to me, now and forever, always, he'll always be my baby brother I have a son that closely resembles Tony and I found out I was pregnant with my son two years after his murder and I know a lot of people expected me to name Braxton after him in some capacity but the real reason mom and I hope you hear this that I didn't name Braxton after Tony is because Nobody's ever going to fill his shoes. So I wanted his name to stay sacred to who he was to me. So I know you were upset with me because I didn't name my son after Tony. And he was the first boy to come into the family after his death. But please understand that. My intentions were pure and at the time, although I didn't have the right words to explain to you exactly why I didn't want to name my son after Tony, I hope that now you understand that who he was, I want to keep that sacred just to him. And it didn't mean that I loved him any less. It didn't mean that I didn't want his legacy to continue more than it meant who he was to me I wanted that to stay special to just him and I so as always I want to thank you all for listening to me talk today if you're working through things in your life that hurt and 
you find yourself lashing out in places or areas in your life and you really don't understand why, it's probably because there's some misguided hurt in there. If you've lost someone that's been close to you or someone in your family and you're struggling with, you know, accepting that they're actually gone or accepting that it wasn't your fault or accepting that they love you, they just had to transition and you weren't able to come, please hear my heart and when I say that they love you. And I'm pretty sure if they had to choose you to stay and for them to go, they probably would have said, you stay and let me go. They know how much you love them. They know how much you love them when they walk this earth. And so we all have to accept that we did our parts while they were here, big or small. It didn't go unnoticed. And we know that because of the way that we feel the love in our hearts towards them years, days, months, weeks later. And I know I said that in like the wrong order, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) So today I'm going to write my letter a letter. And I'm going to put it in pieces of it in some balloons. And I'm going to release them into the sky at some point to release myself of any of the misguided hurt, anger, pain that I feel because I know that he loves me so much.